Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. some giants this week bro you know it seems like 2020 is like it's taking some some kings from us um john thompson you know uh i mean the legend of college basketball you know the king of black coaches of college basketball um cliff robinson you know played with uh the portland blazers predominantly uh he passed away on us um we're going to talk about the two of them, you know, in the Flash Five. Uh, also, we're going to touch on Kenosha, just some uh, an update on what's going on with Kenosha. Uh, that payroll tax cut is not what everybody might think it is. Uh, and in the Ask the Doctor segment, we're going to talk about the 19 families that uh, bought 90 acres of land in the, uh, you know, with the prospects of creating a new Black Wall Street. And news, news. If you can't find the original owner, or the if the original owner says "fuck you," let's find the guy that used to own it. Somebody out there <laughs> to help us out, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> and in 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 our uh, conversations, we should be having now. You know, listeners, we want to make sure that everybody understands that. You know, the the genesis of this is, you know, their conversations that that we all should be having, and it's not just specific things. It's wide ranging. And one of the things um, that we want to focus on this week is, you know, the iconic figures that uh, that, you know, we as black people have in our, you know, in our lexicon that we really don't talk about like we used to, you know, when, when, when our parents and our grandparents used to talk, talk to us about, you know, remember when we were kids and you go over to your grandmother's house and there were two pictures, Jesus Christ and Martin Luther King. Always. <laughs> no. So we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about something like that. We're gonna talk about yeah. what that meant to us as kids and what we're not doing now and how we can change that. So and how we need uh, to talk about and embrace the ones that we have in our present day for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. Okay. So that's our agenda for for you know season three, episode four today. Before we even jump into that, let's let's talk about your week real quick. Give me some recaps. Any highlights um, this week? Hell no, man. I'm just I'm just studying for the LSATs, bro. That's it. Studying for the LSATs. Doctor fucking P for um, real. Get your lawyer game up. Let's go. It's, it's about a purpose now, you know. You know, we we talk about work and job and all of that, and um, I think we we get caught up in 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 that, 
that vein of I, I need to have a job. I need to have a job. And, you know, one thing I realized is the longer I was out of work um, and I realized I didn't have to, that put me in a place where I needed to find my purpose. And my purpose now is to find something that I want to do. And I always wanted to be a lawyer. So um, not so much, not so dope, much dope. To, to sit in a, a, a law firm at practice, but with everything that's going on now, I think I can use my skills to serve the public and, you know, civil rights capacity, you know, pro bono type work, you know, somebody gets wrongfully accused of a crime, they need a lawyer instead of getting, you know, one one public defender who's got 65 cases. Hey, I, I'll take the case for nothing. That's what's up, man. You know, I, that, that kind of boy, that is all inspiring. Keep doing your thing, man. That's so damn dope. And uh, what, what about the stocks? What, what's your stocks looking like this week? Today was a shitty, shitty day, but <laughs> I want to remind everybody, everybody, especially, you know, the people that, that I, I, I try to mentor about stuff like this. September is customarily a shitty month for the stock market. Um, so this is generally, you know, when, uh, when the stock market is down, this is generally when you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy, and you make sure that you diversify your portfolios. I know this sounds crazy. Diversify your bonds. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm diversify learning. your portfolio. I'm learning. And, you know, you find things that uh, kind of offset. Uh, if you buy some tech stuff, buy some pharmaceutical stuff, kind of kind of balance out your portfolio. Yeah, and you financials. and I are on this journey together. We talk yeah. about this stuff every single every day. day. You bounce things off me. I bounce things off you. And one thing we always leave with is do the research on it. Do the do research, research on it, or, you know. So, folks that are listening, if there's anything that's out there that interests you as far as the stock market, if you got a tip, drop that tip on us. Please drop that tip on us. We this is shared information, shared wealth. You know, if we can grow together, that's always the grow, the goal. Each we one, grow teach together. one. Yeah, financially, we want to grow together. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, that's all we're trying to do. Word. Well, ain't nothing here to brief in my week. Uh, you can see I got some shit going on here. I got the I got the crown Reezy. Um I'm gonna be uh inspired a little bit by my boys, the <laughs> who are my podcast. They like to sip on their show. So I'm gonna right. bring that a little bit. I got a little hookah. It's been a wild week, but we kicking off a four day. Yeah. So I'm ready to fucking run, man. So with no further ado. Flash five time. Let's roll, man. What we got? Uh man. Cliff Robinson uh, passed away on the 29th, man. And, uh, you know, he had been having some health issues uh, over the last, you know, three, four years. Uh, and it was complications involved with uh, a stroke he'd had. And he passed away from lymphoma. So, you know, uh, our condolences to him, his family, his loved ones. Uh, as NBA fans, we appreciate his game. Uh, you know, he, he always gave his all. You know his 18-year career, so we want to thank you for entertaining us. For sure, man, and, and it's you. it's wild when you think about that, man, because you know he's much a much different age category than Kobe. But it's just like these are the basketball players I remember watching, you right. know. And so yeah. Cliff in '92 against the Bulls, I mean, like Cliff was a dog on that wing. He gave Scotty yeah. everything he could handle, so he could yeah. he could knock down the jumper. He played tough defense. You know that that type of player is kind of like that, that's a lost art. You know they they're not really playing like that no more. So to see somebody else from my upbringing in the sport that I love the most, yeah. you know, pass at a fairly young age, what, 53? 
Is that the age? Yeah, 53, man. Yeah, 53. man, that's, that's, that's wild stuff, man. So, like you yeah, said, yeah. man, uh, prayers to his family. Then we lost another legend, right? John Thompson. Man, I mean, 90s basketball. When when I, I think back to um, late 80s and 90s basketball, I'm I'm a teenager. I'm 52 now, you know. So, Cliff's thing not only – Cliff's passing not only bothered me from – perspective of wow you know i watched this guy play basketball it bothered me from the perspective of i'm 52 yeah you know i'm watching people my age pass away yeah you know and it puts your your own mortality into perspective when you see these things so you know um i i I make a concerted effort to take care of myself now but you know i and i try to implore everybody that i care about to do the same so listeners please do what you can to take care of yourself you're not promised a day you're not promised, it's true, man. you know, that you're going to get up and and your health is going to be fine. So do what you can to control what you can. So uh, in the case of John Thompson, man, I, I just remember turning on the TV and I'm watching Georgetown basketball. Man. That towel on the shoulder, and, man. Yeah. All six foot ten of them. <laughs> and he was he was bigger than college basketball. Was. You know, he was. Uh, was. And, and that was that was that thing. It was like. Saturday basketball, watching him. Yeah, Big East uh, basketball, man. The Hoyas, dude. Like, I mean, yeah. I was a Duke fan, but I I, I love watching Big East because you know it's gonna be gritty. And then when AI got there, um, yeah, and and completed his years, I was like, I was all Georgetown. Him and Victor Page, man, those are my dudes. The backcourt, they used to get after it, man. And so, um, you know, and it was real emotional watching. Um, they were just showing clips of, you know, Allen Iverson when he was getting inducted, and he talked about John Thompson saving his yeah. life. Uh, it's giving me chills now, man, that that's what kind of love so many players have for, you know, that coach. And, and I mean, it's, that's it's, what he did. Yeah. And we lost another um, coach who's not black, Lute Olsen. But, again, yeah. it's another coach I remember out at Arizona, man, and it's just like these are the people I remember. You know what I mean? Right, I remember right. these people. And the thing about Lute Olsen that, that we really need to, to illustrate is – um, Arizona was the last state to legalize, to make MLK, MLK a holiday. Yeah. Public Enemy Luke did a song Olson, about that. Luke <laughs> Olson was the highest paid state employee, and he fought to ensure that Stoke. MLK Day became a national holiday, became a holiday in Arizona. I didn't even know that. Look at that yeah, little tidbit. He, he you fought for that. Stoke, you know, he man. fought tooth the nail with the state for that to become a realization for Arizona, man. So, you know, these things... Um, they they don't happen in a vacuum, man. And we lose these people. Um, the shame of it is yeah. that we don't remember these their impacts until, sure, and we don't highlight their impacts through the course of their lives. We just, oh yeah, John Thompson, oh yeah, Cliff Robinson, oh yeah, you know, Lou Olson. And then when they pass, it's reflective. What's up, Sean? Welcome to the show, man. Welcome, Sean. Yeah, man. But bro, that I don't know. It's it's sad stuff. It's definitely definitely yeah. sad stuff. Um, breaks my heart, man. So you know, rest in heaven to all the ones we lost this week, man. Yep. Um, what we got next? Uh, the next one we have is you're gonna touch on uh, on Kenosha and Kyle Rittenhouse. Let me let me uh, let me leave with this one. Um, no, yo, this this. So hey, this is one thing I wanted to bring to this assist on you, baby. One thing I wanted to bring to this podcast is the light. This this you know, shine or shown, however you say that. I don't know. I feel like I might need to get some hooked on phonics, but however you say that word, <laughs> the like that can come from listening to somebody else's podcast. So the Who Am I podcast, man, they had tougher conversations. That's one that they just did, episode 52, and it was super deep. 
And I couldn't help but to reflect on our conversation and realize I had a lot of passion in what I said last week. Um, I don't think that I misspoke, but I definitely didn't look at everything objectively. So I appreciate mm-hmm. them bringing that light to me. So with this week on the recap, I'm just going to keep my calm, keep it cool, keep it straightforward. Okay. Um, facts are facts, and everybody knows that. Um, people are putting out support for Kyle, just like people are putting out support for Jacob. The difference in that, they probably look a little different. You know, one race is supporting, you know, the other. The I'm sorry, one race is, is re- supporting their side, and the other race is supporting their side. And I won't say that's 100%, but that's pretty much what it looks like. So when we go back to that night, you know, what's clear to me, my passion comes from, I don't feel that his justification of him being an EMT and yet carrying a long barrel go hand in hand. I just don't think that goes hand in hand. And so the events that transpired, the, though he will have his day in court, it's hard for me to overlook the fact that you were illegally carrying a weapon that you couldn't have past curfew, protecting something that I don't think anyone hired you to protect, and yet people died that night and your claim is self-defense. Now, I'm not trying to do character witness stuff because, you know, that doesn't really play in court, but we've seen his past, him fighting, hitting on ladies and all that. I'm not even trying to bring that in there. But what I'm trying to say is we don't know how this fight got triggered. And so one thing that was really highlighted was the fact that he got hit with that skateboard. And so there's two parts to that for me. It very much could be that he did you know, get hit with that skateboard, and yet he was trying to defend himself because it was just a, a, a angry person. Or it could be that person seen him shoot someone, and then immediately he went to, I need to try to de-arm this kid as quick and as fast as I can. And so I have mm-hmm. this skateboard, and I'm about to turn it into a weapon. We can play on how that lays out. I don't want to dance with that. We're not lawyers. You're about to be, though. That's dope. But I just say my position comes from that. And then when it comes to Jacob – Moving away from from Kyle, uh, my, my my position on that is I don't care what his past is either. I know he's he didn't have a clean slate either. OK, so that's not here what I'm what I'm here to argue. But I think about the mental anguish that the boys, his sons are going to have. They witnessed their dad, you know, get shot seven times at point blank, heard it, saw it, smelled it. He's laid out on the horn. They don't know if he's gone or not. And I feel like if at the end of the day. Okay, the cops are okay with saying, well, we shot him because he resisted. Not that he actually pulled a weapon on us, fired on us, and we had to, you know, defend ourselves, you know, shoot shoot back. More so, he didn't listen to my orders. So I took it upon myself to shoot him in the back seven times. And if this man dies, is that an okay thing? Because we're just going to say he resisted. I don't think I can get down with that either. I just don't think I can. So I feel like there has to be a sense of restraint. There was two to one, three to one, however many cops were out there. I feel like better training, they have to be able to subdue individuals without killing them, okay? Especially in a situation like this. If he's walking away, maybe he did curse. I don't know what he said. Maybe he said, fuck all of y'all. Maybe he just said, whatever, and I'm just headed mm-hmm. to the truck. You guys mm-hmm. need to be able to subdue him before he gets to the truck, and you have to do something like that because did we think about that? Did we think about, damn, there's three kids in the back, okay? And so what are, we, what are our minds conditioned to do? You know, there's a great a great quote, which I won't try to go word for word, but basically in the movie American Gangster, you know, Denzel says, I watched them beat my cousin, bust his teeth out and put a bullet in his head. I ain't never gave a fuck about a cop. And that was when he was talking about him being a little boy. So imagine yeah. what you just did to three three sons right now. You probably traumatized them. They're going to grow to hate police based yeah. off what they seen happen to their father. Yeah. And, and you can't like who's going to take care of that? 
who's who's going to be there for them? That's kind of where I'm coming from. So what I'm saying is, sure, he was a criminal. Sure, he probably was going to get arrested that day. They came there to do that. Okay, I read more. I found that out. But at the end of the day, okay, potentially his life lost if he dies from this. Is it okay that he dies based on a simple he resisted my arrest without harming us, without even presenting harm to us? I don't care that you found a knife in the door. You let him get to the door. Just my thoughts. So that's my recap on Kenosha. See, and, and I, I, I'm just going to say this. Uh, first of all, resist. They, they really need to establish a clear definition. I don't think resist and disobey falls in the same category. I like what you said. That's definitely different. It's definitely there. You, you, know, st- you still there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you still there. Yeah, d- disobeying, disobeying somebody does not warrant seven shots in the back. Nah, not at all. I mean, res- resisting is me physically saying, you know, fuck you, I'm gonna fight, fight you off of me. Right. True that. That to me is resisting. True that. But True that. if I'm I'm just walking away from you, I'm not I, I'm not harming you, I'm not posing a threat to you in any way whatsoever. If I'm not listening to your commands, that's just disobeying you. Right. And that's where we we have to really start taking a look at us ourselves too. Like, let's yeah. just take the cops out. You know, how many times have someone done something to us and we didn't want to comply with that? Right. Now, again, we're talking authority and all that, but I'm just saying it's just human nature to be like, well, y'all show up on the scene, maybe y'all overly aggressive. You know, there's nothing in the rule book to say when you get outside of your precinct, you have to show up and be a nice guy. That's just something we got to think about. We ain't going to spend too much time there. We talked about it last week. But I just wanted to recap that. Their their podcast, though, is so dope. Who are my podcast? They gave me – and I listen to them all the time, you know, and Mm. they started out as hip-hop guys, and they still are hip-hop. They break down an album or a track every week. But they have become much more. And you, I actually – grab a lot from what they say and i'm like damn you know what shit i didn't think that through clearly or you know i didn't research that in depth man so that's and that's what's that's what's dope about podcasts it's one thing to listen to joe rogan or you know joe budden who are spotify and revolt huge huge but it's more so like i like the fact that you know i'm listening to somebody who's just starting out like us who got, you know, a, a passion for this just like us. And I can yeah. respect them more because, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm into what they're doing. I know the struggle. I know how hard it's it is to, to figure it out. And so yeah. w- when you hear shit like that that's coming from them and it's hard hitting, man, like that's what the next wave is. I think podcast is going to change everything. That's another way to communicate, even in our small circles, man. So y'all keep doing your thing, man. I can't wait to be on the show. One love, man. No doubt. What's the next topic in the flash, right. man? We uh, we got this payroll tax thing, the pay- payroll tax deferment that uh, the president just implemented went into effect today. But here is a lot of keys, a lot of keys. Everyone needs to focus on the, the one word in that whole thing. Deferment, <laughs> not forgiveness. It. It's deferred. Right. OK, so employer who benefits employers generally pick up half the tab of their employees. So security, and Medicare payroll taxes. So security taxes are 12.4% of your gross pay up to a certain annual uh, income threshold. Uh, Medicare taxes are 2.9% with no threshold. So the deferral will put half of those obligations back on your check per pay period if you qualify. That's about $90 a week for some, making about $62,000 a year. But here's where it gets tricky. The tax obligation is deferred, not forgiven. The first quarter of 21. Right. 
the employer, your employer, will need to collect those remittances after the first of the year. Each employee's tax obligation needs to be paid by April 30th, 2021, or accrued steep penalties, or the or these uh, the money that's taken will accrue steep penalties and interest. That means your take-home pay in early 2021 will likely shrink as your employer collects double what your typical what they would t- typically take out. True. So you may be getting a nice check between you know now and Christmas through September, October, yep. uh, November through Christmas, January, February, March. Don't be pissed <laughs> because yeah. you took this money. All right. So understand is essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul. And just set it aside. Like if you're not used to it and you don't necessarily need yeah. it, set it to the side. I'm more so talking to my military people. I was actually trying to get more information um, on the military. So right now it's only for it's only applying to federally employed civilians. So it's not really the uniform right now. Um, and basically it's anybody making a, less than $104,000 or uh, less than 4000 a bi-weekly take-home. So for my younger airmen and my staff sergeants, shit, senior NCOs too, and they're like, you know, just know they be checking your LES, waiting to see what it looks like when it looks when it does it, and then from there go from there and and adjust accordingly. Put it to the side, you know, create an emergency fund, whatever. Because yeah. like you said, unless now they said that they are trying to, uh, he's trying to push. Talking about President Trump, he's trying to push for Congress to forgive him completely. But that's probably a long way away. You know, Congress, how they are about their dollars, especially their tax dollars. Yeah, see, but it's a, so, there's a long-term impact on, on Social Security with this. Okay, as we all know, yeah. the Social Security that, that you pay, because I'm not paying it now, the Social Security you pay pays pretty much for people that are getting Social Security right now. True. All right, because the government's fucked up Social Security. People are have this notion that Social Security is a handout. Social Security is an entitlement that we all pay. Okay. Very much and so. everyone is entitled to social security that has held a job. But but the government has fucked it up so much that the generation before is being paid by the current generation. So And they always say when we need it, this money, it ain't gonna be yeah, there. <laughs> it's, it's, there won't be any money. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens by deferring this you limit how much money is available to pay Social Security recipients. At some point, when there's no money, if there's no money going into Social Security for even a three-month period, you think in terms of millions of people working and Social Security deductions coming out of their pay going into Social Security, you you think of those millions of people over a quarter, how much money that is that's yeah. missing from Social Security. At some point, it's going to go bankrupt. And people are not going to get those benefits. And we're talking about elderly people that these this is their only source of income. Yeah, this isn't a financial podcast. We just drop a few tidbits, but that's deep, bro. So yeah. um, I would I, I would want to say I hope they are thinking about, you know, like you said, the elderly. But you know what? I'm not going to put words in nobody's mouth. We'll just see how it plays out. That's my new answer to all the fucked up this, this 2020 is bringing. Let's just see how shit plays out, man. All right, we're talking about the new Black Wall Street. A group of 19 black families purchased almost 97 acre, acres of land in Toomsboro, Georgia, to plant the seeds for a thriving new city. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout, shout, shout. Listen, on, on so many levels, 
on so many levels, this is this is remarkable, man, because it's a lot of people who talk about doing something. They say, hey, man, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this. But this small community that they're trying to start, 19 families, you know, basically create their own everything, right? Now, of course, they got a long way to go, but they made the, the first step, which is the big purchase, 90 acres. That's a decent amount of land. All of us know about, now we all know about the original Black Wall Street. Yeah. But you also mentioned there was 122. That's what I'm saying. That's where I was going. Communities. Plenty of them. That plenty of them that that I didn't even know about. Yeah. And they were everywhere. And all we yeah. know really is, you know, Tulsa and what happened there in 1921 right. and this and that and the other. And that's very important. You know, that that's that's something that, you know, definitely set the black community back. But the idea to try to restart those, to rejuvenate those, is an amazing. It's an amazing thing. And and, and you know, the, the shit that kind of gets me, and I'm sorry. But when this stuff doesn't hit all social medias, when this stuff doesn't make, you know, like like big headlines and yeah, we can still, you know, post and repost, you know, random nonsense, that kind of gets under my skin. This is the type of shit yeah. that should be getting repost and tagged and, you know, people should be talking about more so than, you know, who's pregnant and who shot who <laughs> and, you know, this, that and the other, you know, so this is incredible, man. And it, and it got me thinking, yeah. it got us thinking like, you know, we got our small little group of friends is about 10 of us. You know, what would it look like if we were all sitting down, sitting around one day and we were all millionaires and we were able to do something? you know, maybe we don't follow this exact blueprint, but we're able to do something ourselves. Yeah. I think this at some point generationally, we got to start thinking like that. You know, we got to start instilling that in one another to do bigger, to do better. You know, none of this is to create divisiveness, but we know how important it is to own something that looks like us. You know, like that's that's very important, whether that's banks. We don't have a lot of black banks. You know, we don't have a lot of black owned supermarkets that are much more than mom and pop shops. Like this stuff is important. And people always talk about, well, why does it have to do with color? It wouldn't have to do with color if it was spread it equally, you know, but everything that's owned by everybody, it, tends to almost look the same and that's the norm you know we talk about normalizing you know i can yeah. go back to you know like you know lebron says something kind of going to the to the jacob uh statement it's like you know as black people you know we're scared i didn't take that as we're scared for you know like i'm gonna get shot as soon as i open my door but it's like i can be scared because this shit is normalized it's normalized to see you know white cop kill black you know, person, teenager, black male, whatever. And it's also normalized that everything we purchase from looks is white. Every, everything, every product majorly is white. Every big business white diversity is key. What's up, Fred? Thanks for the chime in. That's very true. Diversity is everything, man. And I just feel like, you know, and this is for all cultures because what you see in small pockets, you know, and I hate to use it so, so loosely, but, like, you always see a Chinatown in L.A., San Francisco, and New York, yeah, Chicago. Chicago, you know, or you'll, you'll hear something like Little Italy. But in these places, you know, these, this is, the, the, this is the, you know, the demographic that dominates that area. Yeah. We don't really have that in a positive light as black people. All we have is the hood. And what's yeah. in the hood? Strife and poverty. Nothing good. Right. You know, so that's some shit that I want us to think about. Real shit. Yeah, and it, it is something that, that we really need to to strongly consider. And, you know, we talk offline about, you know, finances a lot. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that, that you know, we, we're we both striving to do. And we, we you know, we try to encourage um, our circle to not just generate a comfort level for ourselves and our immediate family, something that's long-lasting. Um, 
at least something to leave behind to our kids. And maybe they'll, they can grow that into something that lasts and becomes generational. Um, this For is real, that man. thing that, that we can, that we can create, you know, if we can create something lasting as a people, yeah, something we can hold you know, together as yeah, grow our families. Together. You know, our, something something yeah. that, that you know how how um, you know when 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 I'm in in Chicago and I'm like, oh man, I want to go to Chinatown and get this. Yeah, I want somebody of another race to say, yo, I want to go to Black Wall Street and get this. Yeah, or exactly something that's unique. Something that's unique to that area. That's well said. And I I don't even think you know. And there's a lot of moguls out there that are black, the Jay-Z's of the world, the Puff Daddies. You know, we can go on and on. And I'm not here to yeah. knock none of them. You know, they're all doing major things. But I feel like sometimes their their path to, path to success is following the same blueprint. You know, like I started in whatever my trade was, so I was a rapper. Then I branched yeah. out, you know, from music a little bit and, you know, got into some alcohol, got my own brand of liquor. You know, I got into the club scene, owned a couple of these and that. And I'm not knocking all that. Bought some restaurants. Do your thing. But can we funnel all of that into a project where we're like, we're going to create, you know, our own little piece of something. And yeah. then, therefore, when people come to wherever this piece of something is, guess what they got? See, I have a question you know I mean? for you um, in regards to that. Do you think that these things don't happen because the stereotypes that we put on ourselves I think that plays a huge role into it. I think it plays a huge role into it because we already know how this go. Like, I don't know why we, we hate to share information. You know, like, I'll give you a very, if I don't know you and you ask me a, a general question, unless I'm a very humble person, I'm going to give you this loopy answer, you know, right. or like, yeah, you know, you can't trust these motherfuckers over here. Like, or whatever it might be. Or you're like, yeah, what's up, man? You good? And you'd be like, yeah, they try to steal and rob from and maybe that's just the way we grew up. So we're always in this protective state. But at the yeah. end of the day, we do shelter that information. You know, like we're not looking to grab two, three, four, six, and let's run together. Yeah, I might be the initial leader because I did get out in front first. But hell, I right. want to bring along, you know, whoever I can bring along and have them be yeah. their own success story. One thing that's super important to me, and we can kind of, you know, transition is like, when I make it, because I believe in myself, I believe I'm going to make it. One thing I've always said to myself is I want to be that guy that's in a coffee shop, though I don't drink coffee, or just, you know, out and about, <laughs> and I hear the right conversation. The one that's intriguing. Somebody saying something that I can connect to, and basically I'm able to be that silent partner for them because I don't want no parts of their business. I just want to have the the funds, you know, the ability to get them started, and of course, you know, they pay their little interest back for whatever the loan is, and then I'm out their hair. But then yeah. they can then remember that and bless the next one. You know, and yeah. I kind of go off of Netflix did a great special on the Black Godfather, and they talked about how, you know, he was just always in the right place in the right time. And right. he, he yeah, hooked I, up I so that. much stuff for so many people. You know, I might not ever, you know, you know make it to his level. Uh, maturate to his level but if i can do it in my own small circles you know i probably don't ever you know have millions to give out but if i can help something start a t-shirt business with a quick 5 10k you know i can help somebody do a pop-up whatever you know they want to do a mobile detail a couple two three k help them buy their van whatever that's that's it man that might be my yeah. call and we talked about dreams last week it might be my dream extended just to help people because i feel like that's what is always missing you know, and if you got a talent, 
here's where it gets scary for me. If you got a fucking talent, if you're the next phenom basketball player, oh, the help going to come because they want the yeah. handout when you make it to where you're going to go. The right. free shoes, the paying for your registration fees for AAU, that shit going to come, but then they're going to expect that to be two, three, four, or five-fold. So at the end of the day, oh, yeah. we're not really doing it for the goodness of our heart. We're just trying to make sure you remember me. Mm-hmm. That's some scary remember shit. That's some shit that we got to change. We got to change that mindset. It. That that exploitive nature. That, yes, that's sir. unfortunate. And uh, like you, I just want to be, you know, as as somebody who's been in a position. I, I mean, I had some really good mentors that helped me through the military. Not so much as you know, um, giving me the right advice after the military, but giving me the right advice to kind of navigate it, how to stay out of trouble, how to take care of people, things like that. So my mission was always to give that, pay that forward. Yeah. And the with the expectation of you guys paying that forward. Right. And to go a little bit further, look, I'm going to let you guys see behind the curtain. Guess yeah. what's behind the curtain? Absolutely fucking literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. Right. You know, so so you have a clear picture and you know what you're really dealing with um, to give you that knowledge and to kind of help you prepare for life after. That was always my goal. Um Cause this and, ends, this military shit ends, Yeah, you know, oh, and, and a lot doubt. of people not ready for it, even no though they've doubt. done their time. Yeah. It's like, Oh shit. Now what? And yeah. you shouldn't be ever in that state of mind. You should, you should know what's next is yeah. all I'm saying. You know, and, I mean? and like we talked about our next joint endeavor is the last 10, the last 10. Yeah. For real, man. The last 10 in the last 10 in is our next joint, our, our next joint endeavor. So, so these, you know, are, these individuals, on that. bro, they, they are so inspiring. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to more about this yeah. comes out so we can actually get into the development stage, see where they are, because this is something like, again, we might not do it to that level, but these are the conversations though. This isn't our topic this week. These are the conversations we are supposed to be having. You know, and I'm talking generalized here. That's not just isolate. Yes, this is 19 black families. But we know there are some good people in this world from all different backgrounds. All walks of life. It doesn't have to be in. Yeah, let's pull together. Let's pull together. We don't want to. Don't misunderstand. Yeah, we're two black guys having a podcast. We talk about a lot of black issues here. We want to ensure that people understand this is really about humanity and the human condition. It's true. You know, because we got to navigate this shit together. Yeah. And this this was just. Um, you got to lead this one because you sent this to me. It speaks to it speaks to the nature of politics in our current times. Oh, so, shit. Um, America Kenosha, with everything that's going on in Kenosha, America Kenosha actually asked the president to not come because. He felt that right now is the wrong time with all the violence and everything that's going on. He just felt like his presence would incite more violence and more unrest. The president went anyway. So the president reached out to a couple of business owners. Businesses were destroyed. The two business owners that he reached out to said no because everything this, – this was their words, and I'm paraphrasing. Excuse me. Everything that this guy does or he wants to – involve people in becomes a circus. It's a, always a political stunt. No, we don't want to be involved in it. So what does he do? <laughs> he found the guy that used to own the business instead. I need this photo op. I need this photo op. 
And I mean, it's unreal. <laughs> we are living in such an unfortunate time with politics, man. And from my personal opinion, our problem is that we only have a two-party system. That's a that's always going to be a problem for this country. Ah, oh, yeah, man. It's... Country this large, we have a either or proposition, the lesser of two evils. And that's what I'll always call it. Mm-hmm. Because one person is always going to be worse than the other. Slowly but surely, getting to the point where we are allowing our country to be morally bankrupted because we don't have a choice. I tell you what's wild for me, like real shit, is I don't know if people either, and I'm not trying to age nobody out, but the life expectancy of a male was like 78 years old. Both of our candidates, <laughs> at some point, whether they win... Yeah. Will will reach that age, and it's like I think Joe is already seventy eight or something like that, and President Trump like yeah. pushing seventy five or some shit like. Yeah. So you have to be forty two years old to run for president. So right. where's the forty two year old guy? You know what I mean? Like, where's the the young minded youth that's fired up about real change? Not I've lived my whole lifetime. Well, and this is what I think I want to do on the way out. I this ain't even a politics show. Not a financial yeah, show, we're, not we're a politi- about politics. So <laughs> not a political show. <laughs> we, won't even, we won't even go there. If you don't get your way and you have the power to make your way, then the way will be paved. We talked about ones we lost earlier. Yeah. Uh, we will be remiss if we don't fire up this to start this segment. That news that came through last Sunday, I mean, it was devastating. We seen culturally... A man that I, I, I mean, we, we definitely know what happened in 2018. I'm going to take it back to 2016 when he appeared in Civil War. We knew what was on the horizon. Like, yeah. that, I mean, everybody, I remember watching Civil War and I think about it getting goosebumps. I was like, oh shit, there's the black paint. Like, this is, this is big. Oh yeah. And he just had a cameo in that movie. But then 2018 happened and I mean, broke I mean, all the records. Records. 2016. Crazy. 20. 20- 2016 left a salivating. Oh, it's crazy. 2018. And when it happened, oh my god, when is when is when is Black Panther? When is the movie? When's the movie? We just just salivating for it because, just, you know, I, like I said, I'm 52, and never in my lifetime have we had our own superhero. Not no real ones. We had the like knockoff this. dudes, and, Meteor Man, and. Uh, blank Look, man it, and shit like that. <laughs> they did us there, like there that. There might be, there <laughs> might be people that that say, "Oh well, you know, what's the significance of, you know, oh, it's just a superhero. It's just somebody that's made up. It, you know, it's a made up character, whatever." When your entire history as a people, for one, most of it has been erased, and the history that you know as a people has been nothing but negative. Your history begins with slavery, mm-hmm. continues through Jim Crow, etc. On and schools on and are segregated on and on and on. On, right. and on and on and on. On to what we see today. The significance of what that means when you see 
a superhero. It looks like you. Someone that looks like you, especially, you know, you can see that even as an adult. I saw that as I saw it through kids' eyes. Yeah. And the the one thing that the Sunday did is it gave us a chance to realize that though he is an actor, um we I'm not sure if we really understood the level of importance of A, his other roles. Okay. Because he's always no, played. I don't think so. Jackie D, Robinson. D people, Thurgood yeah. Marshall, James yeah. Brown. But I don't yeah. think it gave us. We feel like, and we hear everybody who knew him, they, they give their, 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 their remembrance speeches and, you know, what they wrote about him. Everybody said more time. And it got me thinking, yeah. like, the conversations we should be having are, are we talking about our cultural icons? You know, like, in this day and age, I don't believe that we are. And, no, and our not. parents' we're day not. and age. They and did. our grandparents' day and age, they did. Whether that was a musician, an athlete, because guess what we learned? I learned yeah. the importance of Muhammad Ali, and I never seen him throw a punch. Matter of yeah. fact, from what I can even remember as a kid, I don't think I even remember him prior to his, you know, diagnosis of having um, Parkinson. I don't think I remember him like when he was still, you know, Muhammad Ali before illness. But I knew right. his legend because of. My parents, because of my grandparents, they talked about their cultural icons. They talked, Bill Russell, he ain't never dribbled a basketball in my lifetime for my eyes to see. So they could show me all his greatness, his clips from the 50s and 60s and all that. But do you know about his philanthropy? Do you know what he was out there doing? These dudes would go hoop in a league that didn't love them. They just wanted to win and they knew they can put them over the top and then go get spit on when he's marching for civil rights. But when we go hoop in the arena and we're in the Boston Garden, I got your back. Bill, you the man. Yeah. Lead us to a championship. On the yeah. outside, just another nigga. Look, that's just he real. went home to his apartment in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. With feces yes. all over his apartment. Death threats. When he took over, Death when he was threats. coaching. Yes. And yeah. I read some excerpts from some shit that he, that he wrote or he gave an interview to, to I don't know if it was – uh, sporting news or Sports Illustrated or something is a while ago. But to hear that, like it was one thing for him to be a part of the team and lead the team as a as the leader. Well, give him the clipboard? What? Yeah. It's like Boston, the black it's no like doubt. the black quarterback thing. Like, yeah, yeah you can go catch Boston, the football, no run the football, but we can't let you call the shots. Yeah. You can't yeah. be the one throwing the football, leading the team. Oh God, that just looks fucked up. But where I'm going at to not get off track is our parents, our grandparents, they talked about the importance of Jackie Robinson. They talked about Martin Luther King. They talked about Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, you know, Angela Davis, you know, yeah. Huey P. Newton. They brought all that shit to us. We canceled yeah. motherfucker quick. Even when we did our criticisms of Jay-Z last year, and, yeah, we yeah. didn't cancel them. We just simply said, well, what's, what's the outcome of this, Jay? But all of this that, that we're talking about today is we're, we are not fully appreciating the people culture that are doing the things. people the Huge. iconic figures that have done and continue to do for us as a people who are out front as voices in in our culture man and we need to do better um you know there there are things and, I, and I, you know we talked yesterday about this yeah there are things that act as catalysts absolutely these conversations absolutely. it might be music it might be sports um, and I know I, I've had conversations with my kids uh, based on, you know, a song or, uh, or something that, that, that that's happened in the sports world. Um, but 
you know, I do remember, like you said, I remember going to my grandmother's house, man. And first thing you walk through the door, she had a picture of Jesus and it was a given. Yeah, it was a given. And, you know, we would have those conversations. It was usually Sundays we would have the conversations about uh, Martin Luther King. The importance. The importance. And, and, you know, I, I would get my history lessons from her because you weren't getting them from school. No, of course not. But let me, but let me <laughs> you tell know. you something. Here's just, here's something I had to reflect on as we prepare for the show that's somewhat bothersome to me. Yeah. You know, in my day and age, the cultural icons I can talk about are <laughs> primarily entertainers and athletes. I, and this, and I hate to admit this, but CO is honest. I can't tell you from my generation, one prominent black scientist, like a name. I can't tell you one prominent, you know, game changer, like inventor from, from, from my era, not, not, you know, we, we know our history, you know, we, we know what came before us, George Washington Carver's those type of things. I can't tell you one of them today. And it's not because it's so convoluted. There's a million. It's because what are we really talking about? What are we really breaking down? What are we really yeah. gravitating to? And the, the world of technology, digital age has turned us into now, 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 I want what I want. I want. I don't have time. I don't have the patience to sit down and listen to somebody talk to me. Yeah. You know, President Obama, politically, we could talk about him. But, you know, cultural icon for sure. Um, but it, but it's sad that me Neil, as a Neil person. Neil Tyson comes to mind. Okay, but see, that should, that should come to my mind instantly. You know, I should be able to spit that out like I'm spitting out Black History Month individuals that we, we remember. And it's about the conversations we're not having. We're not having these conversations. You know, what we, what we will talk about is, you know, like, can you believe that, you know, this is going on in somebody's personal life? We'll break them down. You know, like, okay, the Will Smith and Jada thing. In my opinion, Will Smith has been a cultural icon in his lane for what yeah. he's done in his movie making. Yeah. But we'll talk more about his personal life than his importance on screen. But his significance in, in, in lining up what black actors behind yeah. him are able yeah. to do. And but then you got the, the other side. icon before him, like Denzel. Yeah. But see, Denzel yeah. doesn't have, and he probably, maybe he has a personal story, but it's not out there. Denzel's more because to himself. He does not allow himself to put his exactly. life out there exactly. in such a way. But if you look through YouTube, he has so many inspirational quotes and, and oh, speeches fuck that he's yeah. done. Yes. You know? yes. So again, we, we, ha we have this information out there, but there are things that we need to seek out. But you, you illustrated it perfect. We want now, now, now. Now, now, now. And now, now, now does not require doing research. And, and this is something else that I have to chuckle a little bit. But, man, damn. I could probably tell you more about a sitcom I grew up on, Martin, or, you know, Living Single or some shit like that. More so than I yeah. can tell you about, like I said, something prominent that's happening in the black community that had nothing to do with sports or entertainment. Like, I can tell you, you know, like, they make little card games about Martin. I played that one. I think I got every single fucking one right. Yeah. Because, you know, we connect to what we connect to. But, again, technology, even in our age, TV. When it, I mean, yeah. we placed ourselves in front of a TV, and it became our teacher. You know, even mm -hmm. though it was limited on what it was showing us because it wasn't too much of it showing us. But when we got something, 
you know, when we got in Living Color, when we got Martin, when we got, you know, first when we got the Cosby show, which was actually teaching us something, you know. But yeah. these other shows, they were just made for entertainment, and we love them. You know, they are absolutely a part of our culture. But what is their significance, importance, other than they made us laugh? Are we talking about escape? That escape is perfect, man. Escape. Because right. look what was going on in the 90s, you know, unlawful arrests, beatings, you know, left yeah. and right, you know, and we we do need to take our mind away from that shit. And I think they did a good job, man. But that's yeah. something that I have to refocus and rebalance so that I can have a conversation with my son, not only about Martin Luther King, who, A, I never, you know, got the, the chance to hear speak live or anything. So all I'm telling him is stuff that I learned. But what can I tell him about somebody from 1982 to now? I need so, to work on that. I got to dig. You know, maybe I, we need to every I week. I need to get in that. Take take a minute. Culture icon. On this day yeah. in 19 whatever, blah, 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 did blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, let's try to do that. You know, we, we, we definitely need to focus on that. And, and our I think what we've, we've done historically as black people that, that we've done really well is we, we reflect on what our icons have done when they pass away. Man, you took the words out of my mouth, which is what right. happened Sunday. Right, and just right. He's only 43 years old, and he's really only been on the acting scene for seven years. 2013 was his big break with, with yeah. uh, uh, 42. Or, yeah, 42 was his big break. That was 2013. So we're talking about a man who's really got his big break at 36. Okay. Mm -hmm. But even bigger than that, he really got his break in 2018 when he did Black Panther. So we're really talking about two years. And look at the effect that he had on babies of all colors, black, white. Mm -hmm. What was important, we talked about this in season two, was for the first time we could see little white kids wanting a black superhero, wearing black superhero costumes on Halloween, wearing pajamas, yeah. the black superhero. And that was amazing because initially, you know, we can't help but think like, what will be, what would this look like? Will white parents get into that? And I hate to think like that, but we do our shit unconsciously. Our, my kid likes Superman, he gets Superman. My kid like Batman, yeah. he like Batman. He likes Spider-Man, right, right, on and on and right. on and on and on. But they all look but the we, same. We've we've always done that historically. It was embraced. And it, was it was very it was much an amazing so. thing to see. But what I would love to to see as we move forward as you know we we navigate um this next what i would call um this next chapter of civil rights yeah. movement and it's being um, led by sports and entertainment again yeah. but that, that we we look at these cultural icons these new cultural icons like lebron yep and we see them and understand kaepernick while while they are um putting themselves out there and they are socially active and they do have a voice. We understand that they're people and they're fallible and yes. we don't hold that against them. Yes. Man. We don't <laughs> cancel them the first yeah. time they say something we don't agree with. But I will throw this out here again, learning, learning podcasts teach you things. We do have to be careful with the rhetoric that it could spread. So what I'm saying is, man, boy, these boys, I'm telling you, Pete, you got to start listening to this podcast. These boys broke down something that we sometimes overlook. Because I think when I hear something that I don't agree with, but it's somebody that I generally follow, do I give it a pass? Probably. Probably. But if that person's yeah. misinformed and they have the floor and they have the audience and they have the ability to change minds and they're doing that like freelancing, that ain't okay. 
And so that ain't tag. That's not me tagging one individual or anything. They definitely talked about someone, and I'm not gonna go into their pod and you know take their their content. But mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is that is something we have to definitely be careful of because no, we influence. Can, we can still be critical. Yeah, because imagine if, imagine if Muhammad Ali was just talking nonsense. We already see the detriment in that. Oh shit! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! We already see the detriment in that. Hell yeah! And, Kanye, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> see, I wasn't supposed to even call nobody out, but Kanye. Yeah, but we we see the detriment in blind followership. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this this it goes back to something I said during the last uh the, our last podcast. What makes me to me um an American is the fact that I can call out America for her failures. It's not that I hate America by calling her calling out its failures. I love America. Therefore, I can call out her failures because I want to do what needs to be done to fix those failures. The same way with somebody that that I would say is a is a cultural icon. I see them as a person first. Right. You know, they're putting themselves out there. It takes, believe me, it takes I, I truly believe it. It takes a lot for somebody to sacrifice to the extent that um, they're willing to sacrifice who they are, their platform. Um to take a stand and the and, and one thing them. yeah and one thing we don't think about um before we move into our final you know ceo's final notice is we don't think about the fact that whether or not they want to say something they are expected to say something because yeah. of who they are and one quick example of that is when george floyd incident was going down people were upset at individuals like kendrick lamar shit even talking about dave Chappelle before he did his little stand-up that they wasn't saying things yeah like it was like why ain't y'all out there saying something and it's like that pressure automatically falls on their shoulders they might just be sitting there like dave said i'm still reflecting and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on that's something we gotta think about they 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 get an un unwanted unneeded pressure because they are the voice for the most part and this is what you know cj was talking about on his show that represents us. And so if they're not ready to speak on it, I think it's only fair as a culture to give them the opportunity to marinate on what they need to say, get their facts, line them up, and then come out with a statement. They shouldn't be the first one holding the mic. Let them speak when they are ready to speak. Because if if we are, little, little me is allowed time to digest, to get through my pain, Right. And to come to an understanding. And it's just me. I can't imagine somebody with millions of followers like Dave Chappelle having to navigate this stuff. What will I say to these people? Yeah. And then some people, some people take it a step, a, a step higher, because what I was actually referring to when I was you know, giving that description was like Kendrick Lamar. People wanted him to respond with a song, like make a track. What? Yeah. <laughs> like Black this ain't a yeah, this ain't a, a versus battle or 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 dissing that I need to come back at somebody because they talking noise. How am I supposed to reflect on what I just seen and then make music? I need to process this shit first. Yeah. Like I need to cause like you said, they're humans too, man. So let's not put let's not put unneeded pressure on our cultural icons. Let's let them lead from the front because they have the platform. Let's criticize them when they don't use the platform. But that's, let's do it in a way that it doesn't tear them down. Let's not right. expect so much of them because of who they are that it's 
it's almost unreasonable. It's unreasonable reasoning for us to think that a billionaire, Tyler Perry, congratulations to him, just just named a billionaire, should all of a sudden pay everybody everybody that's black back taxes. Like that's it's unreasonable just because he's right. a billionaire. So sometimes I think our thoughts of what we may want can be very unreasonable. Like we but want them to do so much. You know I always what I'm think of it like this. Put yourself in in their shoes. Would you want to be harshly judged for yeah. what you do or say or what you don't do? Yeah, because no. you can't win. No. It's a win. It's a no, no win situation. It, it's a no win situation. Right. So why would you do the same to someone else? Yeah, you know. That's so um, you can judge somebody critically and honestly without tearing them down. People critique and and criticize to the point of unforgiveness, damn near. Because if it's somebody I know and you were talking to me like that, you know good and damn well that wouldn't go right, right? Like, we no. probably going to go our separate ways. So though the person you, you're criticizing is on TV and you probably never meet them or whatever, that's that's fine and dandy. But then some shit like, you know, Kobe passing just happens, right? Or some shit like Chadwick Bozeman last week just passes. And now you got to eat crow, you know, and I've said this before, you know, I've always respected Kobe's game, but I wasn't a fan because I seen him as a clone. And, and I've and said same. some harsh shit about Kobe, like, you know, <laughs> um, and I didn't and I didn't like him. I didn't like him because it was a little bit of, uh, of, of jealousness, like my error. My guy was gone. That was Michael Jordan. But I was forced yeah. to see the same dude that wasn't Michael Jordan. I was like, every basketball player, every football player, you should have your own way about things. And Kobe did have his own killer instinct, but it looked just like Mike's. Yeah. You know, Mamba mentality is his. It's rightfully his. You know, it would always it will always be a thing now, but it looked just like Mike. If I'm biting my shirt like Mike, wearing my shorts like Mike, <laughs> holding my shorts like Mike, chewing my gum like Mike, fade away like Mike, damn it, I'm Mike. And, and that bothered me. The best form of flattery. That bothered I mean, me. And and I was <laughs> really never, did. But rest in heaven, I was Kobe. never a Kobe fan until his last couple of years. And the thing that that kind of pulled me to that side was when he said, "Players, these owners are making their money. Get your money." Yeah. And that's why he was you know, hurt all those years and still getting that thirty mil plus. He's like, "Well, shit, I ain't yeah. taking no pay cut, so yeah. we can tank. I, I don't like, give a shit, man, but I need my thirty. Respect, I need respect. my thirty. And yeah. now these boys got it. You know, CP3, yeah. LeBron, they've set up the, the collective bargaining to help these boys out. You can get, like we talked about before, you can now get a max deals, a different amount of numbers, different amount of years. At 38 fucking years old. That's insane. Who the yeah. fuck giving max deals at 38? But guess who about to be 37, 38? LeBron, CP3, Melo. So they set themselves up. They yeah, set they them set fucking themselves selves up, up the right man. Way. But so uh, um this 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 is uh this is one of those those really really rare and great shows for sure uh, man you know where we really highlight it um you know where we are as a people where we need to go as a people um uh, the things that we can do we can do great things you know we got icons that lead from the front that are willing to give of themselves we need to be humble and gracious and you know conciliatory towards these folks and understand that they're people um, and infallible. While I appreciate what Chad, Chad uh, Chadwick Boseman did as Black Panther, to me, understanding his sacrifice to make that role makes him a hero. This man was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016. 
He didn't tell a soul. And fought through all of that. The the, the chemo, the pain, the weight yeah. loss, you know, all that. And yeah. and made blockbuster films, you know. Yeah. So you you have to commend that. That's yeah. that's unreal. That's beyond amazing that he was able to push through that. You know, he was basically in four movies, Civil War, yeah. the, the the two Avengers, and his own. It's crazy. You know, the last yeah. two Avengers in his own. So unreal man so me getting out here on my final note man this week um i'm gonna reflect on myself <laughs> and when i say that uh, is this ain't like that type of reflection but it's like ceo got to come to the show and i got to come to the show when i'm passionate um with a clear head um everything i say i mean i think that's just who i am but it can also be some of my old self that comes out some of my stubbornness my bullheadedness some of my quick to reaction um and so last week i want to apologize not for what i said but i want to apologize for my demeanor um on the show because i felt like i was just over the top and sometimes you can be, you can be humbled by somebody else's words and uh like i said i've said it multiple times this show that podcast that i had to listen to i listened to it twice that's just like an hour and a half i listened to that fucking thing twice this week but the moral of that story yeah. is i had to make sure i pulled myself um in the right direction going forward i just want to be a better you know podcaster i want to be a better host on the show i just want to be a better represent representative of what i mean sometimes i get ahead of myself and i just think too aggressively and so my passion came out on my thoughts which is okay but I would honestly say I didn't have them aligned like I needed to. And so, you know, this week, this is why you see me with a little hookah, a little drink, kind of calm myself. Just wanted to relax on the show, have a good time, talk to my mentor, my brother. You know, I love this. This is probably one of the best parts of my week every week. So until y'all yeah, tell definitely. me I should stop, I ain't going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been our show for this week, man. I'm CO. And I'm the doctor. So enjoy yourself. One. We'll see you next Thursday.